What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Team Chat Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jarrett Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Bonjourno. Bonjourno to you as well. How are you this fine I'm doing very well. I realize that I have to keep up appearances with my bonjournos, especially on beautiful Sunday mornings like this. One of our fans and listeners uh, called me out for not saying it last time, and I was like, really? (laughs) I thought for sure I had. On the list of things to mess up in the intro, that is a less grievance as as opposed to me the couple weeks ago, just straight up forgetting to say our names, which I I still laugh, I think about and chuckle. I, which episode was that? It was like th- two, three episodes ago. It wasn't that Gosh, long ago. Gosh, because I don't, I don't believe you. I think we definitely did no. introductions. <laughs> you should go back and listen. I think it's like one sixty-one or oh, something gosh. or two. I think. But yeah, it was really funny. It made me laugh a lot. We're falling apart at the seams. Falling apart at the seams. But you know what? Not falling apart at the seams is our discussion on great gaming topics, which we talk about here on Team Chat Podcast, a weekly video game show where, like I said, we talk about games, the ones we love, the ones we hate, and everything in between. New episodes come out Wednesdays, Tuesdays, 9 a.m. Central Time, and those are available on podcast services around the World Wide Web, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. You can also watch a video version of each episode on YouTube. You can also find us on social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join our Discord server. Links for all that are in the description below. And finally, we're a completely listener-supported show. So if you are really loving and enjoying what we're creating each and every week, head over to Patreon.com, where as for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show. And in return, we'll give you cool perks like getting the episodes early before the general Tuesday release and access to a private patron-only channel on our Discord, The Rogues Gallery, where we put a lot of extra little behind-the-scenes bits, some early previews for some special videos or even some episodes on top of all the early access and other benefits that you get as being a part of being as a part of being a patron. So head over to teamchatpodcast.com. Nope, patreon.com slash teamchatpodcast <laughs> where you can support the show. But Good before <laughs> we get into our moment with Mogan, we do have to announce the winner of our Last of Us Part 2 Vinyls. It has like the longest name. <laughs> it really the official does. name on. is is the Last of Us Volume Two original score. So okay, it's the soundtrack from the Left Behind DLC of the of yes. the Last of Us. This was released by Mondo, and we put that out as a giveaway. We have a winner. Congratulations, Rusty twenty eight oh five. So Woo. we'll be contacting you, or have already contacted you, to get this fun bit of music and video game amazingness delivered directly to your door and your ears and your ears <laughs> so hopefully you have a record player but i assume you did because you're into the contest but <laughs> congratulations once again let's do our moment with mogan with some games oh, that gosh. are coming out soon and some other little un- news from the gaming world all right so a bunch of stuff happened this past week which we will talk about in just a sec but before we do coming out as of this episode's air date on may 14th tuesday we have a plague tale innocence mm. for ps4 xbox one and pc that's the one you told yep, me about yep. that's like two kids like trying to escape in the hundred years war they're trying to get yeah. away from the great the black plague and that, all that sounds really cool it, it looks um, really fun in a very different style but also on may 14th we have cetus alpha noted rhythm game oh. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, coming out for the Switch again. That's May fourteenth. See this Alpha. Also on May fourteen, Rage Two comes I am very out excited for about Rage Two. PS4, Xbox One, and PC. I will say that I'm not even 
marginally interested nor excited. It looks like, <laughs> I mean, everybody's seen what it looks like. It just looks like it, it looks just like it's going to be a crazy wild time. How you're going to be able to interact with your abilities and your gunplay and everything. It looks like it's going to be a real fun time. Well, I'm excited. I'm happy for your happiness. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> and one more on May 14th. Uh, Red out for the Switch. I have no idea what that is. Uh, probably should. Whoops. <laughs> There's so many games coming out. How do we know what they all are? And then on May 16th, I also don't know what this is, but I already love it. We have Bubsy Paws of Fire. Ooh, like, okay. Like so animal like, paws. Like animal paws? Yeah, like Bubsy Paws of okay, Fire with an is. exclamation point. That comes up for PS4 Switch. How do you spell Bubsy? B-U-B-S-Y. Colon, pause of on fire. fire. Oh my god. Okay. Oh god, it's scarier than I thought it would be. Uh, anyway. All right. Okay, so this craziness comes out on May 16th. You're a cat, it looks like. Oh god, that does not look like a cat. That looks like tails. Or a fox. Yeah, it's probably. Kind of looks like a like a. Oh god, weirder it's version of the car fox, Carfax I, fox. You're right, it does. That's what it kind of looks like. Gross. Anyways, Bubsy. Bubsy <laughs> sponsored by Carfax. Yeah. <laughs> that comes up for PS4, Switch, and PC on May 16, and then coming very soon on May 17th, we have Steven Universe: Save the Light and OKKO Bundle for PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. That's May 17th. Whew. And then one more. Sorry. No, wait. May's actually, that's month. all of them. That's all of them. And then some news that happened in the past week that we are all real, well, hopefully, we all, maybe, are really excited about. Perhaps me more so than you. Yeah, I would say so. Are we got official trailers for both Final Fantasy VII Remake and the new uh, Monster Hunter World um, DLC. Really, it's more like an expansion. Monster Hunter World 2.0. Yeah, right. Uh, Iceborne. Yeah, so we got official trailers really for fun. both of those. I'm more excited for that one. Even, Even though, though I've never played play either of the games, <laughs> I'm more. Ex- I do look really. I'm very excited for Monster Hunter Iceborne. That one looks you, really fun. I like knowing you. You would absolutely like Monster Hunter World more than any Final yeah. Fantasy game. Oh yeah, you could yeah. Ever no, play. I know. I know that about myself. <laughs> yes, because uh, I mean, I have Monster Hunter World. It's just on my backlog, ready to start it. You know, wanted to get get Anthem out of my system for a little bit first before I jump into that one. But very excited I'm, I'm, now, especially with Iceborne coming out. That would be really fun. Is if we like did streams or like we play or like you're coaching me like through the beginning part oh, of it. God, I don't think I could help you because, <gasps> Why? I, because I'd be so terrible. No, because I, I also barely know what's going on. Oh, well, that's time. fine. Okay. Then you can just like heckle me and that'll be fun. Yeah. So, but I did, um, I think it was released in, Oh, so the release date, my bad. I almost forgot. So monster hunter Iceborne, it did get a formal release date it is coming out September 6th, I believe. Mm, okay. Yeah. Nine, six. Uh, and that'll be for, I think all major platforms, PS4, Xbox, blah, blah, blah. Now you can get, it one of two ways. A, you can buy just the Iceborne expansion for $39.99, if I'm not mistaken. It's actually kind of pricey. Or you can buy the full game plus the expansion for $59.99. So in your case, oh, that's, that's what you should do. You're actually getting the better deal. Well, I mean, technically, the Monster Hunter World was a Christmas gift, so Ooh. it was free. Never mind then. You own but it was Monster from Sam, Hunter World? So technically, I still spent money on it. But... <laughs> <laughs> I spent family money on it. Family money was spent on it. But no, yeah, yeah. I have it and I got it on, yeah, got it on Christmas. Have you ever played it? Not yet, because like I said, I mean, I've been very, as we've talked about, I'm very behind in my gaming Dude, as, you in general. Just sell your copy and then put that money towards the re, the real game once it comes out on September but my 6th. Copy, but, now, but see, but here's the thing, though. I can already be playing it up until 
September 6th. Let there is a ready. lot of, I know there's a lot of stuff that you got to get do, through. So I might as well do it. So that way I can be you kind of close to now. ready. Uh, that's <laughs> kind of in my job. <laughs> See, this is what I mean. Like we're missing out on some gr- potentially great content here of you heckling me on my beginning journey. There will be many heckles and unfortunately many technical difficulties as I will only be able to join you for some of the shit that you have to do in the early game. Oh, that's true because of the can't, this stuff that locks you out of that. I can still be yeah. on there on voice chat and be like, Jared, what's happening now? I'll just paint you a picture with <laughs> my words. Paint me a picture with words. <laughs> Such a BS system. Or I guess I could just join you via share play. Yeah, then you can just watch. Of, yeah, and yeah, then that might be the best way to go. Maybe we should do it that yeah. way. We'll figure it out. All right, we'll you will figure it out. Figure but it I out. think this, that'll okay. be a lot of fun to do. Then Final Fantasy VII, the remake. What do you think of that no. one? Uh, so first of all, no release date. Still as nothing. Far they as I said at tell. the end of the trailer, more information in June. I think. Oh, and huh. so at IE three. Okay. Square in it. Okay. Uh, so hopefully we will it. get a release date in June. Um, as I have not been keeping up with the Final Fantasy VII remake news. Well, I mean, mostly to be fair, because, it dropped off the edge Yeah, of it dropped planet. off the face of the... <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> it's, not, it's not that funny if you don't know what happens uh, to Final Fantasy VII. Um, but so I have no idea what they're doing with the remake other than that it looks really, really pretty. It does look and very honestly, pretty. honestly, that's all I care about. However, I am now a little bit confused because in some of the gameplay that I saw, it looks like they have foregone the turn-based battle system in favor of uh, like real-time combat. Mm-hmm. What do they call it? Real-time yeah, fighting? Yeah, real-time combat, yeah. Real- well, but isn't that kind of how Final... Again, I'm slightly ignorant on this because I haven't really played the series, but I've watched my buddy Michael. He played Final Fantasy fifteen. Oh no, that's much that's, more like that. That's what I thought it looked yeah. a lot like Final Fantasy it, fifteen. It does. And that style. actually is a little bit of a bummer to me mm-hmm. because I love the turn based combat. Right, because you're system. all about like bravely default. Yeah. Oh, I love that kind of stuff. So to know that that's probably not what's gonna be the case in the end makes me a little bit less excited, I'm not gonna lie. Because honestly like the old school JRPG combat system systems of turn-based battle that's one of my favorite things right. one of my favorite ways to play so I, i'll shed one single tear one solitary tear, and then i'll try to suck it up and still play it nice. it'll probably still be fun yeah fingers crossed i mean for the fans of the game who are anxiously awaiting its arrival i would even say that this might be a more appropriate jump in for new fans really yeah i guess so because it, it would be harder for a new, someone especially who was introduced into say final fantasy 15 if they wanted to go back and play the original version, you know, a diehard Final Fantasy fan would have no problem doing that, but like me, I would not go you back to the You would have at this point. a bad time. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that's what's coming out soon and what's coming out in the near, fingers crossed, yeah. future. So before we jump into our main topic again here, a little personal update <gasps> in, uh, in my life here oh my that God. I have made a mon- monumentous shift in my life. Oh. <laughs> It was due to a work to work needs, but I have made the switch or yeah, I made the switch still using Apple stuff, but I have a PC now oh my and God. it's a beast of a PC. You're such a PC gamer now. Yeah, Gross. I know. I'm just all on board with it now. Actually, I'm not like I've only played so far Apex Legends and it's been fun, but man, is the learning curve different than playing it on console I bet. and figuring it out. But I am most excited though about having a machine that can reliably run like civilization. I can now go back and play Age of Empires. I can get all the old Star Wars games from like the late 90s, early 2000s that I haven't got to play. There are so many opportunities, but this is also great because I would love to hear from people what like their key 
PC games that they're like, okay. you got to play this on PC. Okay, I'm, I'm I got looking you. for I'm looking for options. Not okay. going to go crazy because my backlog's already massive, but I want a few good suggestions. You know, you do also now finally have the true scope of Steam available to you. Yes, which if you're on Mac on Steam, you've got like 15 percent of the total yeah. games available. Now you've got the full percent. <laughs> it is. So I'm excited about it, and it's been a lot of fun digging into it and figuring out what it can do. But I'm I'm, I'm ready to see some sweet game in action on that baby too. So I don't even own a desk so i can't i i really can't get a pc where would i put you have it? a table maybe oh well i don't know i haven't been to your apartment so i don't know if i do i do have a table but that's mostly where i keep all of my junk i mean that's how our kitchen table it's was currently yeah. occupied yeah, yeah. no no i get that it's, it's absolutely understandable maybe i could just sit it on the floor and just like get one of those I could get a floor poof. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Yeah. I'll figure something Just out. Do that. Then you can put it on My like a coffee table or something. Posture would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Just walking hunched over all hunched the time. Over. What's wrong? I've sat in a beanbag chair for the last 48 oh hours. God, beanbag chairs. <laughs> <laughs> They're so bad for your bones. <laughs> they really are. But moving on to the main topic of today, and just as of getting it out there, this is going to be a very spoiler-heavy episode because we are doing a review of Episode 3 of Life is Strange 2 Wastelands, which just came out uh, last Thursday. So on May 9th? Yeah, yeah May, 9th. May 9th. So that's so that came out. So we've played through it, and we're continuing in, it in our review in progress of Life is Strange 2 by talking about this episode. And really, because it is Life is Strange, and it's a very story-heavy game, not really on the gameplay side, that's, there's really not a whole lot we can talk about without having to start giveaway spoilers for the episode. So exactly. uh, if you are looking forward to playing episode three and you don't want spoilers, then I would say I hope you enjoy the introduction and the moment with Moken and all that fun jazz because Bye. there won't be much really for you until the soundtrack spotlight at the end. Well, we could start but, with a quick, vague yeah, recap. Yeah, we'll, we'll do some recap yeah. stuff here and we'll, we'll let you know before the spoilers really kick in. But this will probably have spoilers for episodes one and two a little bit in this recap. So if you just there are spoilers. Be warned. We're going into it now. We're just doing it. So like I said, episode three, Wastelands. Um, I guess overall, before we get into big specifics and everything, initial impressions. So High level. No spoiler. First of all, I do think we should maybe do the briefest of recaps of episodes one and two. Okay. Just to kind of set the scene. So episode so play one. those spoilers. Yeah. Here we go. Spoilers for episodes one and two. Watch out, everybody. So you play as primarily brothers, Sean, who you mostly control, the older brother, and Daniel, the younger brother, he's about nine. Mm -hmm. Their father gets killed in a tragic accident. I mean, just an escalation of the situation by the police. Daniel's latent psychic powers come out in full force. He accidentally kills a few cops. Probably, we assume they're dead. At least one, at least the one who shot the dad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, he definitely died. Yeah, so uh, so they have to go on the run, basically, because now they're wanted by the police, but they don't really know what's happening. In the beginning, they have no idea that Daniel is really the one responsible. They because just it knocked that, Sean out. Yeah, it or, knocked and Sean Daniel out. out, too, I think. Yeah, they were both out cold, so they don't even really know that Daniel has powers until the end of episode one, where things come to a head, and they actually come out in full force, and they're both conscious for it. Episode two seem, sees them um, out in the wilderness, primarily, at the beginning. So they're still on the run. They're living out in the woods it's winter in the northwest it's cold mm -hmm. daniel gets sick they realize that they have to go back into civilization to get him some medicine so they track down the boy's maternal grandparents right an old 
pretty conservative Because their mother is out of the picture. They referenced yeah. that they talk about it. She left at some point within the last few years, and they have no contact with her, basically. Yeah, exactly. So their mom is gone, but they still know their maternal grandparents, at least. So they go and stay with them for a little while on the DL. So, mm. of course, their grandparents know that they're wanted. It's not like it's a secret. But they take them in for, what, like a week in the game? I think so. Something I think they're about there for time. about a week. Uh, so they're able to have a little bit of downtime. Daniel gets better because he's able to finally get some medicine. And then people naturally, as they do, find out that these two kids who are wanted by the police are with their grandparents. Somebody snitches. What's up with that? Yeah. So, uh, anyways. Because so, you when you go into town to get a Christmas tree, I think, right? It's not really um, stated who it is that like blows the whistle on you. Right. But somebody saw you, recognized you, called the cops. Right. So uh, one thing leads to another. The cops come to the grandparents' house. They distract them. And Sean and Daniel are able to run away yet again with the air quotes help of Chris, neighbor Chris from Cap uh, Marvelous Adventures of Captain Spirit. Or the I don't amazing, remember. The Marvelous Miss Maisel's <laughs> yeah, Adventures I don't know. of Captain Spirit. No, it's, it's something yeah, Captain, Captain Spirit. Spirit. The, yeah, the demo to Life is Strange too. Yeah, so he helps them to escape. And then I think that it's, at least for me, I don't know if this was different for you, uh, at the beginning of my third episode, it is implied that Chris only got hurt, not killed. It is unknown in my, okay. in my entry. Because Chris thinks... Without jumping into the old stuff, Chris thinks that he has special abilities as well because Daniel kind of makes him think that his abilities are also shared with with Chris. And so, Chris, when you're trying to escape from the police, Chris jumps out in front of a police car to use his abilities to move the police car out of the way or stop it, and he gets hit by the car in my playthrough. And in my playthrough, he didn't get hit. And I have no idea. In in this one, they have no idea. They're just like, I wonder if Chris is okay, but it's no no confirmation. I mean, it's interesting, though, because he actually didn't really get injured in my playthrough Mm -hmm. because the cop car got thrown off the road by Daniel in the nick of time. But they still say in the recap that he got injured. And I was like, did he, though? So... Okay, see that that already ta- brings up an issue that I'm ha- that I still kind of have that will be we'll, we'll circle back around to it after we've kind of gone through the spoilery recap things and we're talking about the main story of of episode three. But still, how does this one? I know we left episode two. How we for those who haven't listened to that, we kind of episode one we were like, I like this, I'm interested. Episode two, our kind of consensus was. What is going on? There's a whole lot of they're bringing in so many mysteries and complexities, like with the mom. Uh, why is Chris? Why did we get the demo of Chris as Captain Spirit if it looks like his involvement is now done after just this chapter? So then, why was he included just to bring in this more pain? I guess of potentially him getting hurt in this in this story. Uh, their their dog is is killed. Oh yeah, I forgot about mushroom. You know, so it's like so th- this whole. Episode one, we felt like set it up really well. Episode two, we feel dropped the ball and kind of dropped the ball kind of hard. So now where do you where are you sitting after episode three? In the exact same place. Still um, think you dropped the ball. I don't want to rag on it too hard because, you know, it's not done yet. It's not done. It and could it, turn around. It could make a massive turnaround, but I don't know. Like, after finishing episode three, again, um, I did finish it more or less in one day, not in one go, because I kept taking breaks to go do some gardening outdoors. Ooh, how fun. Um, so I just, it really did feel to me like, to a lesser extent than episode two, uh, it still felt like quite a chore to yeah. get through it. Um, I will say that I think I enjoyed episode three more than episode two. It was at least a little bit less boring mm-hmm. uh, overall. I, I think it did a much better job of 
character development, yeah. uh, both for Sean and Daniel. And also it did seem to pay a lot of really nice attention to the outside characters. Yes. Because the setting of episode three is that now that they've had to go on the run from uh, their grandparents' house, Sean and Daniel have hooked up with a nice ragtag group of homeless hippies, Mm -hmm. and they have basically tagged along with them to what, I think it's a pot farm in California. Yeah, Northern Northern California. Northern California. So they are basically a de facto part of this hippie family that lives in the woods in like quite a tent camp. Um, You know, they definitely are homeless, Uh, but they work on a pot farm for these guys. Meryl is the... Big Big Joe. Joe. Yeah, Meryl and Big Joe. So basically all they do is, you know, trim... Trim buds. Buds. I couldn't think of the word. (laughs) I wanted to say bulbs, and I was like, I don't think that's right. That's tulip bulbs. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, they trim buds and or, you know, work in the actual little fields, uh, work on the property. Yeah, just whatever I guess Meryl needs them to do. Yeah, odd jobs. So they are getting paid for this, and they do, of course, have some sort of community support. They've got like a generator out of their little tent camp, so they've at least got some sort of power. They've Mm -hmm. got food. So in comparison to their first situation in the woods, in the cabin that had no power, no heat, blah, 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 and they were totally alone, they are arguably better off. And the uh, people that they're with are primarily Finn and Cassidy. Those Mm -hmm. are the two um, main side characters that play a big role in this episode right both of whom are your stereotypical pothead hippies but you met them also in the end of episode two you when did. you went into the christmas market in at the town beaver creek yeah i think it's beaver uh, creek which is that a nod to halo that'd be really funny if that's a nod to halo because there's a multiplayer map in halo 2 beaver creek and it's really good wrongly doubted <laughs> i don't know though because if you don't I, nod I, is no, french <laughs> i don't know though because if you'll the notice french though don't play halo. when it goes when it first opens the scene I don't know. I think it could be an odd because when it first opens the scene, when Sean wakes up in the tent uh, in the camp, in their campground and he sits up, his shirt is that uh, one of a picture of Ryan Gosling wearing a shirt that has a picture of Macaulay Culkin on it because there's this like thing that Ryan Gosling and Macaulay Culkin did where what one of them. What does that have to do with Halo? Well, no, I'm just saying there's a, it's another pop culture reference in the game that I caught. So I'm wondering if they're, if like be, naming Beaver Creek was a nod to, to no, Halo Beaver Creek. Firmly rejected. I don't know. Don't nod. Please answer my question. I'd like to know. Don't and I'd like to be right. So Also, can you confirm for me, don't nod, that the French don't play Halo? I think I'm right about that. <laughs> just the, the whole country the whole just says country, no. They just don't do it. <laughs> they're like, no, thank you. Well. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so the point is, um, they are new besties mm-hmm. with their hippie friends. They've been in this um, camp working on this farm for about two months since the last episode left off. And that's where we're at. Yes. So pretty much at this point, spoilers are going to be very rampant uh, because we do have to kind of talk about the the main beats of the story here. Um, oh, well, I guess my initial thought initial thoughts on it, too, is yes, I enjoyed it more than episode two, but not until probably the last quarter of the episode. Me too. The first three quarters were very long and kind of felt, it just felt like it, not much was happening. And it was, it was leaving me questioning of like, am I spending so much time with everyone because this is character development for something or is this just filler to make this episode? Um, Because it really was just a lot of, 
I felt this one was very cinematic heavy. A lot yes. of not even quick time events of, of things to do. There is one very prominent part where you have a quick time event. Ironically, the part that you're talking about, let's just say it, yeah. uh, you're trimming buds. Yeah. Like you're at the farm and you're trimming buds and you have this very brief quick time event where you have to hit L2 and R2 in rhythm to like trim your bud properly. And to have no an efficient cut or joke. Whatever. That was the most fun part of the episode yeah. because I was like, oh, look gameplay yeah i get to do something not just walking over to here and then just like picking something up and and sitting yes and i understand that's not necessarily the point of life is strange how'd you do though real quick oh i was rated efficient me too meryl loved my work and i was Mm -hmm. like oh thank you thank you of course (laughs) praise me more (laughs) (laughs) but so i feel like this one was a way more cinematic heavy you did a whole lot of just talking conversations or even not even conversations where you had dialogue options Somewhere, many you know, where you were just, just listening. List, just listening to a lot yeah. of stuff. And so, yeah, that made it feel long. Um, and light. Both yeah. long and light because I will agree with you that the vast majority of those conversations were completely optional. Mm-hmm. And actually, so there's one scene in particular where everybody's around the campfire talking about blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if you also had this problem. Maybe it was because I was also trying to snack on mango at the same time. I think I know what you're talking about. I kept accidentally missing my window of opportunity to say something to contribute. I would Because they went so fast. Yeah. They went by so quick. And I was I like, oh, shit. I didn't have time to even really react. Because it gives you the prompt. You have to hit R1, and then you can pick dialogue options. Yeah, why wouldn't it just give me the options? Right. I guess it was to show you that it was optional. But I was like, oh, I want to contribute here. Especially when people like Cassidy or were giving their story and stuff like that. Yeah, and I missed it like twice. Or I wanted to compliment her on her singing and stuff. Yeah, I I missed that completely. But I also was trying to eat or, or snack on something, too. Was it mango? No, it was, I think a bowl of Fruity Pebbles, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> we lead very different lives, you and I. <laughs> good Lord, Jared. <laughs> it's my vice and I can't help it. It's so Fruity good. Pebbles. You bring shame upon your household. <laughs> but anyway, Anyways. no, yes. So I agree. When you're already feeling like it's very conversation and you're just sitting enjoying it, this is where I kind of understood Brandon's... Uh, criticism of cinematic games you know i've had good experiences with them in the past with the order 1886 and games like that that i've really enjoyed but whenever we've talked about it you know brandon's always been like i'm not a big fan of of the cinematic experience and this was one where i'm like i'm not a fan of the cinematic experience i I need more to like fill in the time it also does make you as the player feel uh, you know maybe People might disagree because you do tech. If you had quicker reaction time than I do, I suppose people might say that. Well, you have the option whether or not to engage. But the fact that one of the options is you're not even necessary for the game to still happen around you. Mm-hmm. That kind of makes me feel like, why am I here then? Like, why am I having to sit through this completely optional scene where I'm actually not? really needed which now i say that with a grain of salt because i did actually enjoy that scene i liked it but i did go away from it feeling like man i could have pushed literally nothing the whole time and still come out with the same options at the end of it Mm -hmm. i feel like you really could have blazed through this whole episode if you did just like the straight tasks and none of the optional stuff i feel like you would have gone through it really fast but that's kind of i think at the core okay so I want to I want to circle back around to this about the the feeling like the the like you don't matter. I want to circle back around to that at the end. So help me remember okay. to jump back to that. Gotcha. But so jumping into the big uh, story things, 
Look at you in your notes. I know it starts. Nerd. So this one actually k- picks up like two months after the the stuff of episode two. Did you really? Two. Yeah. Are you sure? I think. Okay, we'll talk about it at yeah, the end. We'll Anyways, to, I'm, she's, I'm peeking she's ahead. Peeking I'm, ahead. I'm what peeking are you ahead. doing? <laughs> but um, but anyway, so you know, with how my story is anyway, Daniel and Sean are very at odds and like kind of fighting with each other a lot because Daniel is very upset with Sean for what happened to Chris and always feeling that Sean is trying to limit his abilities when Daniel wants to figure out how to grow them and train them and everything. And now Daniel's being upset that he's not getting as much time with Sean because now Sean's hanging out a lot with with. Cassidy and other of the of the campers at this at this site and Daniel's been spending a lot of time with Finn and Finn's been showing him some things which is making Sean a little jealous so there's like all this stuff going on it's all these really now I do think that it's a very more realistic portrayal of siblinghood oh I, I agree especially when there's that kind of age gap because when you're the older sibling you do definitely want your younger sibling to look up to you mm-hmm. even if you spend all day every day shit on <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's like I am your superior, and you are supposed to look up to me. And as long as you understand that, we'll be cool. <laughs> so I feel like I do un- totally understand how Sean would start to feel a little bit jealous when it does seem like Daniel has found a new older mm-hmm. brother figure in Sh- in Finn. Right. Excuse me. And the same goes for uh, Daniel. You know, he sees Sean interacting. He's the only kid. Daniel is the only child in the setting, so he probably does feel very lonely. Mm-hmm. So you know, when um, Sean is having to go off and actually work during the day, and then at night. He hangs out with his friends. You know, if he's not getting a lot of sibling interaction, he totally would feel isolated and angry. So it's it's a really nice display of sort of how things can easily start to spiral out of control mm-hmm. just due to like missing each other, just missing the types of connections that you should be able to have if you're in a more stable environment. Right. And remember that the episode started off actually three months before the events in Seattle at that kicked off the whole game. And there was this interaction with Daniel and Sean and their dad where Daniel's sneaking into Sean's room to get a watch that he really wanted. I forgot about that. <laughs> and so that kind of comes back later because then Dan- Sean notices in their tent that Daniel's not wearing it. And then one of the first, the first actual major decision point where it freezes the game and makes you choose between these two big options is if you mentioned to Daniel later that you noticed him not wearing the watch or not. Which one did you go with? So I picked that I was going to mention it. Okay. And I think that actually it's another uh, good weave in is that what Daniel is wearing on his wrist in place of the watch is a bracelet that Finn gave to him. Mm. So it's like a real stick in the ribs. Like not only am I not wearing the watch you gave to me, I'm wearing this cool thing that this new big brother gave to me. So F you. (laughs) Right. I chose to say nothing. Really? What happened? Well, because I just felt like Daniel's already resisting me a lot. And I feel like me being like, why aren't you wearing my gift? Is just going to like escalate things. And so I felt it was me, especially from how I felt like the scene with their dad earlier was kind of like, Hey, you need to be the adult in this situation. And it kind of made me feel like that's what I should be doing is kind of taking the high road, even when because of how they are, I will say this about it in, in praise is that I do feel like the game is very good at kind of like showing you and crafting how these characters should be through your decisions. And so I felt like in this episode, especially past conversations or scenes like that really did influence my decision making yeah, and dialogue so options more than in the previous two episodes. And so that's kind of where I, my thought processes 
thought process was on this is that I felt like if I confronted Daniel, that's going to just make him mad and potentially make things worse. You know, what's interesting, it actually, and this is something that, you know, you don't really know how any single conversation is going to end up. Uh, if you ask him about the watch, it winds up being a real heart-to-heart. Like, oh, really? it's actually very chill. Uh, and it's hard to tell with Sean because sometimes I feel like his voice interactions are wildly off base of From what the you choice thought. of what, yes, yeah. I know. Yeah, you're like, I think he's going to be cool about this. And then he's like a dick. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god, that's not what I meant. Yeah. But if you ask Daniel about the watch, he's like, hey, I noticed you're you're not wearing that watch I gave you. Like it was very much just like, what's going on, buddy? Mm-hmm. And it just winds up being a nice little heart to heart. So it, I can see your hesitation though, because I feel like with Sean and Daniel both, you're like, oh man, it, it just feels better <laughs> to just stick stick with it. And so, I gotcha. But so they go along. They you know they do wind up eventually training Daniel's powers for a little bit, and then there was a a big moment here where they kind of have a tiff again like that's that's kind of how i felt like most of their interactions went with this episode is that it would start off nice and then like somebody would say something and then that just sets the other off just short, which again short fuses right and left right but then also that's again like what you're saying very you know stereotypical like, you siblings. think you're choosing the the most benign option and then it winds up <laughs> way not what you thought and you're like well shit <laughs> which led though to one of the first exciting and interesting things and kind of gave me a direction of how I felt the rest of this season or the season of the game might go is when Daniel gets mad at Sean because Sean tells him that he's a little kid still and he goes to this river and lifts this massive trunk of a redwood out of the river with his power yeah. with his power and I was like okay so he's got some serious skill at this this is also giving me some pretty big supervillain vibes. Yeah. I think is like Daniel going to kind of go off the rails here. Soon. Because the, the implicate, like the tone, the tone of the room right. wasn't that he was like showing his power, power to Sean is like a, Hey, here, look what I can do. It was a look what I can do. Like yes. it was a threat. Yes. It wasn't meant to just show off. It was very much appointed. This is what I can do to this trunk. The implication is I can do this to you too. Right. And like Sean looked just afraid. Like he he just looked really scared. And I was like, wow, you're going to have to kill him, Sean. <laughs> just go on ahead and go, go. Just do humanity a favor. Go get Big <laughs> Joe's gun and just kill your brother. It'll be fine. So that's that's kind of the next thing I want to I want to jump into then is this whole interaction and the amount of time that you spent hearing about how mad Big Joe was going to be, having Big Joe tell you all to shut the fuck up, ha- telling Big Joe, having God, Big, Big Joe, Joe telling you to quit. A not nice man. I know him telling you to you know stop complaining about your work, but then he turns around and just complains about his work, which I was like, what? What? And what? I, I don't know. The writing with with that part seemed kind of off to me, where he he keeps going into Merrill's office when you're sitting there trimming the buds at the table, and he's. And he's going in, keeps going. He's like, it's something every day and all this. And you're just like, why? Then why are you telling us to quit complaining? You're complaining yeah. equally to us. I don't know. It was kind of weird. But um, as you go through there, you, you're trimming the buds. And this is where I was like, what's going on? Because from the first major decision point, well, you had the first one where you asked about the watch. Then you in, had the choice to intervene when Big Joe got after Cassidy. Oh, I did. And kind of like slapped her in the did back you? of the head. I did. Just because oh, really? I was like, I mean, I was like, 
can't be hitting people like this dude. Come on. So I was so that I kind of stepped in and then Big Joe's like, hey, shut up. And then that's can, it. And then, you know, kind of like pushed me a little bit. And Cassie was like, you know, you don't have to stand up. I was just like, I was just I'm, I'm sorry, because you can kind of tell at this point, too. Sean has some feelings for Cassie. At this well, point. I, my state of mind was I like her and all, but I also like being employed. So <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> but so then I feel like then the, the time from that last decision of intervening between Big Joe and Cassidy to your next one was a big chunk of time. I don't even remember what the next big decision was, TBH. The next one was like two days or something later where you... They're, the group is trying to get you, Sean, to stay up late and get a new haircut, a oh, hippie haircut yeah. and all that stuff. And Daniel's like, but I want to go to bed. And he's like, are you ready to come to bed too, Sean? And I chose to go to, be, to go with him because I was like, he wants brother time. I need to be, again, yeah. I need to be put what I'm wanting to do as the big brother. I need to put that aside to take care of my little brother. I actually just didn't want a haircut. <laughs> well, yeah, because, <laughs> because all the haircuts those people had were terrible. Yeah, they <laughs> were terrible. And also, I like Sean's long hair. I was right. like, no, leave it long. He doesn't need a haircut. I know. I did like that, too. And I, a nice change from because they've been, if his hair stayed the same length the whole time they're out on the road, that would, that would like, be so unrealistic. But now, yeah, it's a little longer and a little unrulier and moppy. Um, but another thing, though, that kind of stood out to me and again made me be like what's going on what is the final story that we're pushing for here is when they're interacting at the pot farm they keep seeing posters again for missing people yeah like, there's a lot what's of this story because now we've got over the place so now we have these mysteries well one was answered in episode two in that chris from captain spirit doesn't actually have powers right and that was that was daniel projecting at the end right. of the demo uh, so that's been answered. We don't know what's up with the mom. Uh, do you mean Chris's mom? Both. Yeah, Chris's both. mom and... Like, I really wonder, are they ever going to come back around to Chris's mom? How would they? Because it's implied that her death by accident, air quotes, was not an accident. And it's like, okay, are you you going to come back to that? Right. What's going on because there? Because we're not to assume that these are related that whatever happened to Chris's mom in this Beaver Creek town later is then connected to this pot farm in Northern California, because that's an Oregon to California. Like I don't think they're connected and or anything like that, but so still we're sitting here. So we've got what's up with Chris's mom. Why did they introduce that and make it as mystery in the demo of captain spirit? If they're just going to drop it, we are still the mystery of what happened with Chris, with Sean and Daniel's mom, which I assume will be answered because that's I what that so game is kind of leaning towards that one. I'm sure will be answered, but now we have these missing people also. And then we still just have, where did Daniel get his ability? What's the point of him having his ability? And how's that going to all culminate and come together? So there's still just like, I don't see how all these threads are going to intertwine in two more episodes. Yeah, I will say that I think probably one of my biggest overarching problems with the game so far is that Daniel's power both feels like it obviously is the crux of the game. But oftentimes it feels kind of negligible mm -hmm. because there are many instances in the game where him having an ability makes no difference at all. Right. Whereas with, you know, the original Life is Strange, uh, Sam, not Sam. What is her name? Max. Max. I, I knew it was a boy name. <laughs> uh, Max's ability and your ability to 
actively use it was the key component of the game and it kept you feeling very engaged all the time. Right. And I feel like part of the problem is that by you being Sean and not Daniel, i.e. not the person with the ability, it makes it feel farther away. Mm -hmm. That like you don't really have this huge investment in being able to use it as a gameplay mechanic. It's just sort of there and it's something you have to deal with. Right. But not work with per se. Yeah, because when you activate his ability by telling him to do something with it, Daniel still does it. It's not yeah. like you then control Daniel doing the thing. You don't. And it just, uh, you know, it's both good and bad. I think that it's an interesting risk that Don't Nod took to be like, oh, we're going to have this cool power thing, but it's not going to be your power. So I can't really condemn them for trying something right. new. Again, we don't know how it's going to end. Yeah, we don't know how it's going to end, but also it just like, it makes me feel that much less invested in Daniel's power as the story plot point. Right. Uh, the other thing is that um, I just, I still have no idea, even a little, what the point of what I think the end game will be. Mm -hmm. Because with Life is Strange 1, from the very first episode, even though it was a bit slow at the, at the end of the first episode, I was like, okay. I already see that there are some pieces in motion for a broader conspiracy, we'll right. call it, or just for a broader story in general. With Life is Strange 2, I don't really know where the story is going. I don't either. Or how it's going to end. Like, that could be anything right mm -hmm. now. And I just, I have no freaking clue where Sean and Daniel are going to ultimately end up. And I, by extension, I don't really know what I want or expect from the game, and it's not exactly a good thing, right. at least for me. It, I just feel, ironically, in fact, maybe they achieved their purpose. When you finish episode three, you get the trophy for Adrift. And I will say that I feel very adrift at the end of episode See, three. maybe they're I'm doing like, exactly what they want to I, us. Maybe they're accomplishing all of their goals, and you're just supposed to feel very not connected to anything. And if that's the goal, then mission accomplished. But from a gamer's perspective, yeah, I, it doesn't really feel fun, Yeah, which I think is not necessarily a good thing. Okay, so... To speed through the rest of it and get to get to the bigger, heavier stuff that happens at the climax of the episode. So you wind up going back to the, the farm, pot farm a couple more times. You kind of get in trouble with Meryl, the head of, of the pot farm, with Daniel because he's kind of like kind of snoopy being all these kind of things. And, you know, Daniel's being Meryl, a little bitch the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he kind of is. But he's also nine years old. So yeah, you got to really account for fault. that. It's but still really also, fault. yeah, no, he's doing some dumb stuff. And so you're trying to keep everything cool there. Things still continue to get heated. You wind up getting kicked out of the pot farm because Daniel sneaks into Meryl's office. You both get punched in the face and fired. Yeah. It's like, so, cool. You know, so Not great Daniel, things happening just there. Sean. Right, just Sean. <laughs> and so you wind up going back to the campground where you've been fired, so you're going to be leaving that night. But then, and literally right before all this happened, I was starting to be like, I don't trust this Finn guy. I don't like him at all. I liked him at the beginning. He seemed cool at the beginning. Then and like then halfway through the episode, I was like, I don't like you anymore. Because he seemed a little too buddy-buddy with Meryl and all this stuff going on there. Because you can tell from whatever Meryl's talking about that he's connected with deeper people. So that's another thing. I'll say that. I'll say that. Um, for the end. Because I don't want to jump ahead of myself. Okay, okay. But anyway, so you wind up getting in trouble with this. You go back to the camp. You've been getting closer with Cassidy and everything throughout the story. At least in my playthrough. Um, and then How much? How much closer? Pretty close. Pre pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> didn't leave room for Jesus. Anyways, <laughs> didn't leave room for Jesus. <laughs> 
amazing. But anyway, so that wound up happening. But anyway, Finn comes up with this plan to use Daniel to break into Meryl's safe, safe so that Sean and Daniel would have money to get to um, to get to Mexico. Oh, because in the course of Daniel breaking into Meryl's office and when Sean was getting attacked by Big Joe because I took the fall as Sean to protect Daniel. Me too. And Daniel used his power to throw an ashtray and hit Big Big Sean. Um, Finn and Cassidy. Wait, Big Sean. I'm getting my names confused. <laughs> when Big Joe Big Joe was attacking Daniel Daniel after he broke into Mer- to Meryl's office Daniel used his ability, hit Big, J, Big Joe in the head with his with an ashtray. Sean took the blame. But, but that showed off his ability and to... And Finn and Cassidy were both and there, Cassidy. and they yes. both saw what happened. Actually, wasn't... Jacob was there, too. Yes. It was Finn, Cassidy, and Jacob. So there were right. three witnesses. Yes. The only one that didn't actually see what happened was Big Joe, which is why you get punched in the face of Sean. Right. So anyway, now that they know of this ability and this uh, power, Dan- Finn... Gets the gears in his mind cranking, and he wants to go get this safe using Daniel. I, as Sean, say no. I did, too. I was like, hell no. That's my little brother. And when he brought it up to me again later, I said, no. Me, too. I was like, fuck you, no. Exactly. And so then you wind up having your fun time with Cassidy, at least in my playthrough. You go on a a nice midnight skinny dip, which then leads to a rendezvous in her tent. A rendezvous. A rendezvous. I will say that that entire scene I actually did really like for a couple of reasons. I did like it, too. Reason number one, and this was shown two times, Life is Strange 2 knows how to portray realistic boobs. And I was like, yeah. good for you, finally, <laughs> some actual real boobs. Yeah. So kudos to them for uh, actually portraying what I would consider to be the closest thing to realistic bodies that I've ever seen in, um, well, not ever seen, but that I've seen in some of the more modern video games. Right. And B, it showed a really nice side to Sean mm-hmm. because in all of his dealings with Daniel he is always having to take the hard line of being the responsible older brother yes even when he doesn't necessarily do that super well he is always basically having to be the bad guy except for a few rare instances where he gets to just like do chores with Daniel and that right. kind of stuff so this gave him I feel like a really nice bit of character development of showing that he's also still a kid mm-hmm. there are all these experiences that he also hasn't had and he's also missing human connection and right. I felt like that was really nice character development I did him. too I did too I also like Cassidy I think she's great yeah, I thought she was cool she was a little annoying at first because I don't know she just kind of was at first for me I didn't I didn't click with her much but then as the episode I think because her accent's not that great well well <laughs> it seems like a very forced southern accent it is yeah and so that was kind of annoying to me as some people do sound like sometimes it really do be like that Jared. i know it is but you know <laughs> hey it's but anyway but no she grew on me as some well and then i did just annoying <laughs> <laughs> which is actually true <laughs> yeah not everybody peaches and green fair enough fair enough but anyway so um anyway i did enjoy that scene too I, it did really feel like some very good writing very good storytelling in the moment of the episode. But then also while all this was going on, because they were having this party for you guys, since you were going to be your last night, there, you were fired and all that stuff. And so though I did have the thought though, I was like, like halfway through that scene. And as I got to the part where like I go, Cassidy invited you into her tent. I was like, wait, Daniel's not here. I haven't seen Daniel in a while and I'm completely ignoring him from everything this game has been telling me up until this point about how I need to be taking care of Daniel and watching Daniel. Some shit is going to go down and I'm not happy about it. And what happens? Exactly what I thought. I get We get out of the tent and Hannah comes over. Another one of the campers comes over and is like, 
hey, have you guys seen Finn? And they're like, no, but and, and we haven't. And he's like, oh, well, have seen. He was with Daniel or something like that. And you're like, oh, well, what you're the like, hell? Shit. <laughs> you know, Finn used his manipulated Daniel to go with him. So you chase him down to back to Meryl's uh, office and office slash house at the pot farm, and you break try to break in. And so how did this interaction roll down for you? So, um, of course, we both rejected Finn's offer to jointly break into the house together. Right, because he does so, it again. Yeah, so I think that we probably had a very similar experience. So when you as Sean and Cassidy, because she's helping you. So and I wait, will real say. Quick, this is very much, if you want to know exactly how this episode ends, final Final spoilers for Don't this Don't listen. Yeah. So I will say that I really appreciated the character of Cassidy more so than everyone else. For one key reason, she is one of the few people in the entire game that isn't actively antagonizing you mm -hmm. at every turn. Right. Because even Finn, to a certain extent, you still have like a lot of grift with him because you're kind of jealous of him right. but also you're like buddies with him everyone in that game is just a huge dick to sean and mm -hmm. daniel all the time except cassidy right like even though daniel doesn't like cassidy cassidy likes daniel mm -hmm. and she like genuinely wants the best for them which is why i think that in this episode i did get a real appreciation for her character because i was like you're the only one that doesn't want to kill me all the time right and she was even accepting and nice towards sean even when you, some of your dialogue options for him were very awkward and or cringy yeah, yeah. and she was still just kind of like hey you know, like Quick question. Yeah. Did you let her give you a tattoo? Yes. Me too. Did you get the wolf? I did. Stereotypical gamer bro. And <laughs> <laughs> with their story. It's all about them being wolves. I let her pick. I was like, you can pick. You're you're my girlfriend. Now. But as one who then who has who has multiple tattoos? I also was like, "Oh, this is not sanitary at all." No, getting it wasn't. A, getting like a tattoo, like a, and the, the poke, the poke style. I don't know what it's officially called, but like using the just like the poke style she of had tattoo. Like a little blade attached to the end of a pen, and she was like, "Pa pa pa!" And I was like, "Oh my god, stop!" And then, they don't I, went, I went with it because of the because of how the story was going, but I, and I was like, "This surely is not going to become a thing." They didn't clean his skin beforehand. She just wrapped they it up, didn't... and then they immediately jump in some nasty mountain river. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> and "Oh my like, god, he's, your arm is going to rot off." He's going to get an infection, <laughs> and in episode four, his arm is going to have to be amputated. Yeah, I know. Daniel's going to have to do the amputation, right? That's but no, I, I, I was like, what is happening right yeah, here? Anyways, so that's neither here <laughs> nor there. Safe. But the point is, is that Cassidy actively helps Sean go and get Finn and Daniel. So right. she's there the whole time. So Sean and Cassidy are then at the pot farm. They're chasing down Finn and Daniel. They, The way that I played it, I just went straight for the door. I did too. And so I went into the cabin and you instantly encounter uh, Sean and Daniel just about Finn to go. Excuse me, you're right. Finn and Daniel. So many names. It's hard know, to keep track. Yeah. Just about to go through the door to where Meryl's house actually is to do the break-in. So you intercept them in the nick of time. Mm -hmm. And so at this point, how it went down for me is just shit went south. Oh, it went bad. It went real bad. In Basically, instantly. you wind up pissing off Daniel again because you're trying to talk him, talk them out of this. You know, Finn's really pushing like, hey, but you can use this money to get to Mexico and all this stuff, which Daniel's like, let's do it. Let's do it. He's not going to get it. He doesn't Actually, understand. Actually, you do get a third You get a third choice. option to join him again. And yeah, again, so I was like, no, we're not doing this. You get a third try from Finn to join him yet again. And I, I still refused yeah. as well. I was just like, I'm not doing that. That's a terrible example for my bro. So things go poorly 
for me to the extent that Daniel puts all of his like rage and blame onto Cassidy and he attacks her. Oh. So in my playthrough, uh, some dialogue option I did was clearly the wrong one because Daniel gets so mad at Sean. And he then turns to Cassidy and he's like, it's all her fault. All you do is spend time with her. And he uses his power to like Darth Vader style, lift her off the ground and like, injure her oh wow and then he like slams her down and it's like holy crap damn and even okay. then cassidy is still like i'm okay I, I know it's it's not his fault and i was just like oh it's so like very super villain like in my playthrough so daniel is okay. going okay. the wrong i'm doing a shit job as an older brother so so it, after he slams cassidy down daniel is like i can do what i want right. and he turns around and just blasts the door open with his power which naturally is not very sneaky no so they like alert meryl instantly that they are there okay so then let me sh- so at my playthrough uh i was able to t- i turned down finn once again and told and told uh basically said to daniel that just like no we're not doing this you don't get to make the decision on this because i'm still the i'm the adult in the you know in this situation which Again, probably the wrong dialogue choice because I would have known from I previous don't think conversations. Any of them were the right dialogue choice. Exactly, <laughs> and that's kind of what I was feeling too. So Daniel doesn't get mad at Cassidy; he just gets mad at Sean again. Hmm. But then he doesn't do the whole thing with that. He just immediately turns his his energy and blasts open the door. Oh man, lucky! So I felt so bad for Cassidy. Oh, I know I would have felt terrible too. God, what and a so dick. jump. So Meryl busts out and he's like, "What's going on?" Shows up with a shotgun. He's like get, getting having everybody like get on their knees. Yet. Did you obey or discuss with him? So Finn's whole thing this entire time has been that Meryl is sure to be out cold, wasted. Turns out he is awake and stone cold sober yeah. and heavily armed. And yes. it's like, thanks, Finn. Thanks for your this is what I mean. expert Didn't advice. Didn't trust him at all. In, in, in vice. Advice. Insight. Insight. <laughs> God, what was I thinking? <laughs> advice and insight together? Yeah, I guess. Anyways, uh, thanks for your expert insight. Uh, so I had the same thing happen. Meryl comes out with a shotgun. He basically gets everybody like lined up and like on their knees. It's not implied that he's going to kill everyone, but he's talking about like, I've got a family that I have to protect too. My bosses. His higher ups. And yeah. he's like, my bosses are way worse than me. Like basically saying, you don't want to get on their bad side by stealing from me. Mm-hmm. And and then he goes to basically like teach everybody a lesson, which I didn't know how bad the lesson was going to be. But he like goes to Finn as kind of the ringleader and the spawn of this entire idea. Mm-hmm. And it looks like he maybe is going to shoot Finn. That's what I felt. I felt very yeah. strongly that he was going to shoot Finn. So it looks like things are about to go south. And Daniel hasn't been using his power this whole time. He actually does appear to finally be scared by right. somebody wielding a shotgun. But he like turns to Sean to be like, should I do my power? Which and leads to the ultimate decision. Exactly. And I chose, yes, use your power to save Finn. Okay. Which he does. But things still continued to go south. One thing led to another. Daniel got like clipped in the arm okay. by getting shot by Meryl. And then like he, you know, his emotional state just went absolutely haywire. And he basically like does the thing where he did in the hotel where like mm-hmm. his power gets out of control and he just kind of explodes the whole house. Basically. Right. So that was very similar to me. Uh, I chose to have Daniel use his power. I was like, if I don't, Finn's going to die, which is going to mess up Daniel even more. Like, and I need to t- show him like, when is the opportune time? And this felt like, even though Finn's a dick and yeah. was like, not a good person. I was like, still though, like this should not be happening and this should not, I shouldn't let this happen. And the only way to stop that is to have Daniel use power. So I did that. 
Same thing. Stuff goes bad. Daniel gets clipped in the arm, uses his ability, and explodes. So what then was the end result of that in the closing cinematic? So the closing cinematic was Daybreak comes on like this scene of horror, and everyone in the cabin that I can see is either knocked out cold or maybe dead. So I see Cassidy on the ground. She's unconscious, but she doesn't appear to be gravely injured. Right. Like she's not a bloody disaster. I see Meryl on the ground. He might be a little worse off. Right. Can't quite tell. There's money strewn everywhere from, I guess, the safe being blown open. And even to the extent that it's outside, mm-hmm. Daniel is nowhere to be seen. Same for me. And then I finally see Finn. He looks mostly okay, probably. Mm-hmm. He's probably not dead. And then it like closes out by zooming in on Sean. And I don't think he was dead, but he does have what appears to be a shard of glass wedged into his eye. So he's definitely at least blind in one eye right. now okay. and unconscious. So that's and what happened in my... Potentially dead. <laughs> that's what happened in my playthrough as well. That same cinematic showed. Um, and so that's why I have in my notes, I killed Sean. Okay, see, I didn't know if yours had gone like radically off right, the right, rails. Right. I was like, oh God. <laughs> but so then it sets it up. Daniel's gone and presumably okay. Um, and then it shows you the trailer well, for episode four. Okay, to the extent that he's out there and injured. That's true. And we don't really know how badly he's hurt. He might be bleeding out out in the woods. Right, it's right. Kind of a mystery. So. So yeah, and so now you it shows up and it shows you a trailer for episode four, which seems to be in a desert setting. It looks but like it, Arizona, and it, show, and it shows a solitary figure walking. You can't tell who it is because of like that desert haze it's clearly stuff Sean, like that. But okay, you think so? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know. See, I thought I couldn't tell if it was going with Sean being dead, and this is now a time jump. Oh no! Because I think you got to think Sean. about because you think you because that's what I was thinking, and I was like, okay, this could be interesting. Because from my assumption, ending the game and thinking that Sean is dead, because yes, I understand you can still get a piece of glass in your eye and be okay, but I mean, it looked pretty gnarly. So going with that assumption, then that seems would be an interesting turn. Although I would be like, why are you throwing more tragedy on this poor kid for this in this story? That kid being Daniel. But also then, what if this does like take a time jump. Daniel has to be in hiding for like a few years. He can't buy as a nine year old easily get down to Mexico or Arizona where they think their mother is very easily by himself. So it takes him a lot of time. He either falls in with some other group or gets taken in. And so there's this massive. So I was thinking, what if this is this big time jump to where you're now only the remaining episodes, you will only be Daniel. But I think at this point though, too, which I was like, that would be interesting, but it would also kind of betray this whole setup of the game where it has been the two brothers and your and their interaction I so i guess that yeah. isn't necessarily that plausible of it happening i didn't think that w- was the case at all um what it looked like to me is because daniel was nowhere to be seen my thinking is he's trying to now get to arizona on his own like i think that daniel has more or less abandoned sean either out of mix uh, like a mix of guilt hatred probably Mm -hmm. to a certain extent wanting to find his mom and not wanting to go to mexico because this entire time daniel has avidly been like we have this letter from our mom who's in arizona we need to go find her daniel doesn't seem to remember his mother at all right so from his perspective he just wants to find his mom 
from Sean's perspective, he's like, hell no, she abandoned us. We are not doing that. Which I will say, probably not the best choice. Right. You probably you should, should probably go to your mom. You should probably should go to her, even if she betrayed you in the past. Um, but so my thinking is, Daniel has abandoned Sean, and Sean, not knowing where Daniel is, is probably going to Arizona to try and find him mm-hmm. because he's thinking he'll go to our mom. Yeah, that's what I think is happening. So and I that think sounds a lot more, be- a lot better than my idea. Yeah, I, I, I agree think that with they're you on probably that one. separated, but that they're probably both. Both going to wind up in Arizona in episode four looking for their mother. So then, though, that does make me excited, though, still, because if they're separated, that means you will have to play as Daniel at some point. Yeah, that's a good point. Which means they might display more mechanics because they did tease in this one that he's really refining his sense of precision. Like uh, Sean threw some pine cones up the air and Daniel was able to hit him with rocks out of the air like multiple at a time. So I'm wondering if then these are like stepping stones. To being it to like showing you the tutorial basically for what you'll be able to do as Daniel in episodes four, potentially episode five. That would be interesting if you kind of like play these two split stories, but then yeah. as individual. And I know that you mentioned that it would be hard for Daniel to get to Arizona on his own, but it's implied that he now has a mountain of cash in his pockets. Oh, that's because true. Because that safe is blown open. Cash is everywhere. Those were like 50s and hundos. That's true. He probably true. just grabbed a bunch. And I mean, who's going to question if a kid buys a bus ticket? On their own, they're probably just thinking, oh, well, their parents are around here somewhere. So I feel like he probably has both the cash ability Mm -hmm. and his literal physical powers. He could steal. I mean, Daniel, at least my Daniel, is very morally ambiguous. I think think mine is too at this point. In fact, he's mostly evil. (laughs) Which I think is the. I think, I mean, I think that's the story the game wants you to take because it, so I was very curious and especially thinking like if this is like one of the endings where Sean is killed. I went back and I really like looked at all of the recap of my decisions and how that stacked up. You know how they give you at the end of each episode yeah, and how that yeah. stacked up as compared to how the rest of the world made their decisions. And I was in line with the majority. Yeah, me too. Uh, for the vast majority of decisions, I think I also mostly lined up with the major ones mm-hmm. where I tended to differ were the small ones. Like, for example, Cassidy getting injured right. by Daniel. That was right. a minority one. And mine still showed that Cassidy got injured because she's knocked out, but it obviously wasn't because of oh, Daniel. You know, I'm actually not sure if they meant it that way or not. But so Interesting there, question. So, But this is where, and this is what I wanted to circle back around to as we kind of wrap this up, is just... I still feel like my dialogue decisions impacted later dialogue decisions, but I still feel like my decisions aren't impacting the game's story overall as a whole. I still feel like there's this path, and maybe Life is Strange 1 was this way too, but and I, we just, just didn't notice. And I just didn't notice it. I notice it so much more in this one that really, it feels like my decisions just don't matter. I, I completely agree. Um, I feel like the only way that I'm impacting the story is in the minutia, mm-hmm. not in like the grander scheme, which is like... Not super a good feeling. It's like, well, why do I even have to make the decision then if it seems like there's no difference in the outcome? Right. So, I mean, that's it could both be a good and bad thing. I, for my opinion is that it's bad because it's not how I want things to go. I want my opinion to matter. Mm -hmm. But... I can I mean, see pre- how they would want to do that if they're trying to very intentionally tell you one specific story. Right. Which I agree with that. But still, then why do you make such a big deal why when the game's loading up where game? it says, 
decisions you make will impact the rest of the world around you at large, but it, yet it doesn't feel like it does. I that mean, seems like a pretty serious disconnect. There's always a chance that it could wind up coming back around and have it like all be on episodes four and five. We don't know. Which kind of it happened with, epi- with Life is Strange 1 because you did get the final climatic decision at the end between, you know, what happens with Chloe. But still, though, those are still going to always be the only two options. Yeah. And I don't see that's kind of my thinking along those lines is like, what are going to be the final options? Yeah. And what's going to happen in episode five that like, uh, what, what am I going to get to choose from? After talking over it now and everything, I feel like the kind of end game is it's going to be, they're going to be separated. Daniel is going to kind of become this like super villain esque thing. I think and you're gonna you and Sean are going to either. That's, I think is going to be the indecision I of you too. becoming, you're going to have to kill Daniel or you're able to like, save Daniel. Yeah, probably. It's probably going to be something along those lines. Or who knows? Maybe Daniel's going to kill Sean. Maybe that's the decision. And the decision is like, can you talk him off the ledge? And it's like, Because it's all about their relationship. Not. That's what's been setting it up. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty, that could be a pretty clear indication. But and then it would still, also be more in line with like what happened with Max and Chloe, for example. Yes. Is that it's these two people, their decisions affect the world and themselves. And at the end, you kind of have to decide, do they continue together? Mm-hmm. Or does one of them have to go right. and i feel like life is strange too i wouldn't be surprised if that's where it ultimately ends up mm-hmm. but who knows it might wildly not be that it might so all that aside because oh so but the one only thing when i was looking in the chances the one thing though that i did see that looked like would be a major decision change is that apparently when you talk with Finn after you get back from the pot farm and you're sitting on the log, through dialogue options, it would actually have the option to kiss Finn. I saw that, and I was like, well, I'm a fool. Why I know. Didn't I was like, I wait, I could have done that? I could have smooched Finn. But I was trying to, I mean, at that point, I didn't trust Finn. So I'm like, dude, you're I, trying to yeah. use my brother for evil gains. I'm not even, going to do that. I am the man of morals. I didn't get an option that would imply that that was exactly. the case. Exactly. And, and so maybe that was what one of the decisions, if you had set... If I bet if you chose to go along with this plan, that would unlock that dialogue tree. But still, that's what I figured out by looking at the chances. It was still even if you uh, romanced Finn instead of being with Cassidy, you still would have plan wound up at Meryl's office and that it happening. So it would have been a minor deviation, but not a changing plot point altering yeah. thing. Oh, so neither of us got this option because uh, we didn't play it that way, but one of the key options in the end game of episode three was, does Finn die or not? And a lot of them had to do with him dying. Right, because yeah. if you didn't intervene, I'm assuming, when then, yeah, Meryl just blew Finn away. I think there was even an option. Now, there was an option that I really had wished I had gotten where you don't intervene and Finn still lives. And I was like, what did I have to do to get that one? Like, that sounded really cool. Because apparently there was some way that you could talk Meryl off the ledge. Maybe if you chose to discuss instead of obey. Yeah, and who knows what would have... No, so I chose to discuss. Oh, okay, because I went to obey. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what you would have had to do to get that choice. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I'd like to know that. So... That would be cool. Overall, I will say that, to sum up, episode three more enjoyable than episode two for sure. I would sure. say too, but you got to get through that first like three quarters of the episode. Oh, and it was brutal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but once you get through it, like I, you can power through and then just in terms of sheer gameplay time, 
very little. Like four hours. I mean, I think I, think I started at like no, a, not gameplay. What I mean is, oh, if oh, you like cut total out, time to play the episode. If I you see. cut out the cinematics, like and how much time you had to walk around and actually control Sean, yeah. very little. Yeah, it was very little. Yeah, so. and it was all dialogue mm-hmm. almost, except for the single the few thing of, things with like training, training Daniel's abilities, yeah. the knife throwing, like little oh, mini game. Yeah, I did like that. I did like that. That was I got fun that too. bullseye. I like, got. I think I got one, I, but I, then the, and then else. Daniel effed you up on the next yeah. one. And I was like, "You scumbag!" <laughs> <laughs> More of his super villainy. Yeah, exactly. So he's just out to watch the world burn. Yeah. So is what it looks like in but our no. playthroughs at least <laughs> exactly like who knows everybody we, else could be if you're having a completely opposite playthrough of us like i would love to know because that was the fun thing Daniel about, is as evil right because that was the fun thing when we did our playthrough of life is strange one that we had at the end of episode two our episode two endings were wildly different so like off. we that'd be cool if somebody else is having a wildly different experience through this and they would love to share it with us maybe their daniel is nice and their sean is a psychopath who potentially, knows potentially it's a possibility out there you never know but overall, yeah, I'm with you on this one. I enjoyed it more than two. The first three, first third of it, or sorry, first 75% of it was pretty slow to get through. And then the last bit was pretty, was, was pretty good. I, I will admit and got me excited for episode four. Whereas episode two ended, I was not excited for episode three. I actually texted you, uh, the day I started playing it, which was actually last night. So this is all very fresh. <laughs> and so, but I texted you and I was like, Okay, I'm just now starting because honestly, I haven't been super hyped about it. But I now I am looking forward more to episode four because I, I, I still have questions, but I'm intrigued enough now to be like, okay, okay, take your time. Let's see where this goes. The only reason that I'm still, this is totally true. The only thing that I'm interested to see in episode four is their mom mm-hmm. because I still have this going theory that maybe their mom has psychic powers uh, and I really want to know. And that's why she know, had to leave. Yeah, and that's why she Ooh. had to leave. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, see, now we're, so, we're starting to formulate. We're getting some theories so going. So that's, I, I hope that I wind up being correct. <laughs> that would be actually pretty good Her name is prediction. Karen. Yes. Yeah, so that's what I think not what I think. That's what I hope will happen because I feel like that would be a really interesting twist. Yeah. Or maybe Sean goes and finds the mom before Daniel. He discovers that about her and then it's like he works with her and that's what they try to use to talk Daniel down. Maybe so. Calm down or something Yeah, maybe like you get Karen instead of Daniel. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know Interesting. Either. Could be anything. I know. All right. I'm All getting right. a little bit more excited about it as we talk. Yeah. But still... We've we've talked about our issues with it enough, but now I think it's is kind of starting to take that turn with me. With Life is Strange one, it was so quick. End of episode one, I was like, okay, oh I'm my in God, this all the way. In it. Now this one, it's like it's the end of episode three before I really feel that way. So little slow getting started, but it's starting to pick up, and I'm excited about. Let's that. hope. I'm guarded about what episode four and five are going to be like. So I will still play them. But oh yeah, I'm, absolutely. We can't stop now. Yeah, well, we could, <laughs> in, we could, but we're kind of in it. So. Yeah, we're, we're in it to win it. <laughs> so that wraps up our review of episode three wastelands of life is strange Two. Like we said, if you have thoughts and opinions on the episode, if you're getting a completely different playthrough than we are, let us know by sending us an email at team chat podcast at gmail.com or commenting on the YouTube video on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the places that you can, Watch and listen. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. But before we go, we do have to do our soundtrack spotlight, which we're featuring one from this episode. And so it's a little different because Life is Strange usually uses a lot of licensed music and all that. But Very, this one, like, hipster licensed music. Like, yeah, like uh, Bonnevere feeling, like stuff like that. indie bands. Like Phoenix and <laughs> yeah. some other stuff like that. And so this one, though, is just is dance. By Justice. By, by the group Justice. And this was, we wanted to do this one because 
It was odd. It was a really radical departure in tone, yeah. like right in the middle that I did not but either see coming no i didn't either it was really weird so, so the scene is that you know you're at the pot farm and this is a couple of days in and sean is waking up in his tent late mm-hmm. and you can hear people from the truck like shouting for him they're like sean come on like very negative tones it's like why did no one go into the tent and like yeah, shake him why didn't and be like, get him why didn't daniel get <laughs> daniel's him? daniel's already in the truck what a dick <laughs> <laughs> so nobody came to get him and so he wakes up and he's like oh shit and he's like running to put on his clothes and then this song comes on and what i thought was going to be like a really bad situation where you get yelled at by big joe wound up being like wound up being like a happy times like we're all buddies scene montage it was weird it was weird (laughs) and it was with this music and it started and yeah i immediately was like what i like the track i actually wrote in my notes (laughs) The fuck was that transition into that dance song? Because I didn't know what it was called. I didn't know it was called dance until the credits. But but it's starting to like, what? What is happening? It was just out of left field. It was out of left field and it stood out enough. So we're going to feature it in our spotlight spot soundtrack spotlight. So again, it is dance by justice. So enjoy that track after the close of the episode, which is pretty much now. Until next time, everyone. I'm one of your hosts, Jared Wilson, joined by Rachel Mogan. Adios. We'll see you all next time. Stick around for the song. (laughs) 